it, that's what I think is so amazing. You know, I mean, um, just of a company of our size, it's re it's really easy to lose touch of that, you know, and, and to lose the culture from one geographic region, one part of the country to another. You know, it's very easy for a company to be, to be disparate. Mm -hmm. And for, you know, we just, we haven't done that. It hasn't, you know, we, obviously we, I think we at SSR have worked really hard to combat that. Yeah. But it's one of our core values, and I love that about, about SSR. Welcome to SSR On Air. I'm Mike Rogers, your host for this monthly podcast brought to you by Smith Seckman Reed. Tune in as I interview leaders, colleagues, and clients about what is going on internally at SSR and in the larger engineering community. Today, we're uh, going to meet with Jeffrey King. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. Welcome to SSR On Air. Thank you. Appreciate you coming in yeah. early for some other meetings and spending some time with us. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Jeffrey, you are in charge of our technology group. And, and I just wanted to, I guess, hear your description of what that is, what you guys do just to kind of start and set the stage for some other conversations that we we're Okay, have. sure. You know, uh, technology is a pretty vast word, you know. Yeah. I like using that word instead of vague um, because it, it really spans many different disciplines. So historically, mm -hmm. uh, you would probably consider it like a low-voltage uh, discipline within our engineering practice, mm -hmm. which okay. comprises of other disciplines, telecommunications, security, physical security, uh, and audiovisual. Yeah. And then there's another wrinkle to that, which is a big part of our business in healthcare, and that's where really the idea of healthcare technology has come into play, which we feel like mm -hmm. is a pretty big differentiator uh, with us from, you know, from the other guys in terms of having good, good expertise, people that don't come from the engineering or construction world. Um, right. So adding clinical expertise into that, but that's you know. So there's a mm -hmm. big part of consulting that is part of our business. I know we, you know, SSR at our heart are consulting engineers, and and a but a big part of technology is heavy on consulting, and and uh, maybe not as much on the on the engineering side, just because of the makeup of our business. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. I mean, that's that's kind of you know yeah. kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> Vast but not vague. I, I like <laughs> Vast that. But not vague. I think that's true. I mean, it is. It is. I think it crosses a lot of things. So, so let me let me ask you, what is your what is your background? What what is your education in? Um, so I went to school to be a police officer. Okay. Yeah. Um, I went to school to be a police officer, uh, and it's for a variety of reasons. So, um, my 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 father died when I was 19 years old, and so. I, it was really difficult for me to go to school um, as a 19-year-old kid, you know, trying to think about, you know, just the world and everything yeah. that was going on around me. So going to work was uh, something that was a good distraction for me. And through that, I got into the business of security, of uh, working for what we call an integrator, a security installation contractor. Okay. So that has some ties to law enforcement. And I started going to night school to get my associate's uh, degree in um, administration of justice, which is what which is what I have my degree in. Yeah. Um, and through that, I actually met my wife, who was actually um, going to school for the same thing. And it's just 
kind of incidentally, none of us do law enforcement. <laughs> right. But, but right. that's how that was. That was how my background. Yeah, I want. I had a dream of wanting to be a, a LAPD. You know, because it's the biggest yeah. uh, police academy, biggest police department in the United States, and mm -hmm. you know, you definitely could lick your chops there and you can go anywhere. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that about you. So, um, so then, how did you end up? at SSR and that and that path that led to here yeah um, so I I continued my my career and on the construction side of our business of, of um, uh, our architecture and engineering planning mm -hmm. and I, I continued that uh, as a technician and then became a project manager became a, a operations manager at a really really young age the uh, owner of the company uh, that I was working for when the company was called All Guard Systems. So mm. they're still a family-owned company today, owned by the Cook family. And Dennis Cook was the owner. He was a great mentor of mine, took a really big chance in me and promoting a young kid. I was 23 years old, and I was the operations manager at the time. So we were a pretty big wow. shop, actually, at about 75 employees. So, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a small, you know, yeah. mom and pop by any chance uh, or by any means necessary. And then I had an opportunity to go on to the consulting side, which just, it was kind of out of coincidence. I was working on a project at a, at a higher ed facility at a, at a women's college, Mills College in, in Oakland. And I got recruited by that uh, design firm that I happened to be working on the same project for. So mm -hmm. it was actually kind of interesting. One of my first tasks at this uh, other firm was to review my own chop drawings. <laughs> so nothing like going, boy, that? who was the idiot that put these drawings together? <laughs> Wait a minute, you know? that's me. Right, how many yeah. demerits can I find here? Um, so that was in 2006, and then I, I continued my career in, in consulting uh, until two, 2010, and I came to Texas in mm -hmm. 2010. Um, and then a few years later, I was able to join SSR, and that was that was. This sounds a little philosophical, but and it's a story I actually tell to um, many others who we try and recruit um, mm -hmm. through an interview process. And that is, I came from a <clears throat> I came from a firm that was I felt was largely transactional. They were just you know go about any business that they can, try and you know trying to grow as and and they were successful in growing, mm -hmm. but it was really not through relationships, and it just felt very transactional. And it just didn't fit right with who I am, you know, and I think the culture, uh, you know, and really what I get, you know, passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so I heard stories about a company called SSR and how they had these longstanding customers, some of which for, you know, 20, 25 years at, right. at the time, yeah. um, which I was just dumbfounding to me. Wow, you know, like, wait a minute, you have you have relationships with your clients, like you become you know personal and lifelong friends. Wow, that's amazing. I want to experience that. And and the the, the story was really around, um, you know, somebody who still works for us today, Eduardo Calderon, you know, yeah. uh, who's our client manager for Cook. And I I heard his story, which was him moving his you know him and his family up from our Houston office to to Dallas Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. uh, I think part of it was he was tired of traveling up there, but also, you know, to better serve our client. I, I just thought that was just such a great representation of a, of a, of a leader of a, of a company, and it was something that I really wanted to be part of. And it was that, um, as well as many other similar antidotes, 
which you know ultimately led to my career at SSR. So, and that was in in 2012 is when I started. So I'll be here 10 years here in a couple months. Wow, wow. So that's interesting because I think that's that's replicated many times across the company. That type of mentality. I think we've, and and that goes back to the founders. And you hear people talk about it. Our founders were, you know, everything was based on relationships mm -hmm. and. and people that they played ping pong with or hung yeah. out with or whatever it, it, it yeah. creates this this thing because it's genuine for one thing it's not just transactional like you said it, it's it's it turns into something more than what you expected so that's that's a good story yeah I, I, and I agree I agree I mean I I mean my history was you know of course military first and then you know a couple of firms I worked with before I came to SSR which has been 20 years ago now but I had I had 15 years before I got here doing that kind of thing and a lot of that was very transactional or just didn't have the same feel. And I remember I walked in the door over here, I had it just was flipping a switch, I sat down with Rob, you know how Rob was, and had conversation, <laughs> and that, that was it. I was like, okay, I'm, I, you know, you're going to have to drag me out the door. I'm going to be here for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. It, I appreciate it, that story. It is, um, it is amazing. You know, of, of, you're right, though. I, I've, I've been able to experience or hear similar anecdotal stories from others here. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what office. It, that's what yeah. I think is so amazing. It you is. know, I mean, mm -hmm. um, just of a company of our size, it's, re it's really easy to lose touch of that, you know, and, and mm -hmm. to lose the culture from one geographic region, one part of the country to another. You know, it's very easy for a company to be, to be disparate. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. for you know, we just, we haven't done that. It hasn't, you know, we obviously, we, I think we, SSR, work really hard to combat that. Yeah. But it's, it's one of our core values, and yeah. I love that about yeah. about SSR. Yeah, and it's been a struggle, certainly during the, the pandemic side of things, yeah. when we couldn't get together as much, and we've, we've struggled through that. And Yeah, thank God for yeah. Zoom and Teams, though, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Definitely worked out well. So you've been here 10 years now. So when you when you walked in the door 10 years ago, what did the technology group look like? What were you guys doing? Yeah, and look look forward to today. What you're doing? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was, you know, I remember my first day. We had we had one technology client in the office that I worked at, and I was our only technology employee. Which means that prior to me coming, there was mm -hmm. a period where we had nobody. Right. <laughs> um, so that was, you know, uh, you know, not to say a, a a concern. I was somewhat used to that method. So that was. I think help, helpful for me, and I should, shouldn't say method. As I moved from California to Texas, I was entering into a new geographic market. So it was almost have, you have to have like a startup mentality in a way. So I was able to, I guess, adapt there pretty well to come to SSR where we were an established practice. However, we were kind of a, a, a an expansion off of the Houston office. You know, our Houston right. office has such a tremendous, you know, reputation of being in the, you know, the healthcare firm in the largest healthcare market in the world, largest medical center in the world. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But but it, we never really had, I think, a good um, independent uh, reputation within the North Texas market. Uh, and you know, and obviously, you know, fast forward to today, it's my my goodness, like we've really mm -hmm. made you know tremendous strides. It's so exciting, you know, where where I think we are in North Texas. But I think our our technology team as a whole. Um, we were about 20 people um, and had, I think we, we were pretty, um, pretty steady in terms of what our workload was, uh, in terms of what our, um, I think, outlook was. Mm -hmm. 
our team was a my recollection was our team was a little bit ahead of our other service lines where we actually combined from Houston to, to you know, Nashville, the together. old Southwest versus, mm -hmm. you know, H3. We kind of came combined yeah. as one team, um, which was, you know, I, I think it was one of the greatest things that we've, we've done. Uh, of, and that's part of that, I think, gets back to that whole culture thing and not being disparate, but really having this shared mentality. And that's, you know, really looking at yeah. our entire service line, our entire team across the country, instead of, well, we have a, you know, a Nashville team. We have a, you know, Sarasota, Florida team, right. you know, but it's really mm -hmm. one one large practice. That's a lot. It is a That's lot. That's a lot going you know? on. And, and I think, you know, one of the things that, that I see when I look is that because we have MEQ and we have MEP and we have technology, all those are, are leveraging each other for that knowledge about what's going on in that piece of the healthcare world. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not only healthcare that we do, but it's predominantly driven by the healthcare market when it comes to technology. I mean, you, you do a, um, you do technology in sports and some other things too, but healthcare is the big the big uh, animal for us right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So. And it you know, and it has. What's interesting is that there's so many different dynamics within healthcare, yet it's the mm -hmm. most regulated. You know, and so right. in terms <clears throat> of in terms mm -hmm. of just advancing technologies. You know, on the consumer side has been driving a lot of this, you know, for so long. Yeah. But you know, that's you know another aspect I think that we've we've learned over the past few years of coming out of you know coming out of COVID is understanding healthcare is now becoming a driver for so much as never has been in the past because mm -hmm. of regulation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But through you know, and I think about the the way that we plan. Um, healthcare rooms today versus how we planned it in the past is just like how we operate today in an office environment. You know, we think about, all right, we wouldn't plan a conference room without having video conferencing. You know, I mean, heck, what, what does video conferencing mean? It just means you have a little webcam on your laptop and you have a Zoom meeting, right? Bing, bang, boom, you're done. Mm -hmm. But in the past, it was, oh, wait a minute, this is a video conferencing? That's a really big deal. I got to write that down. Boy, right. that's going to cost some money. Right. You know, telehealth, whoa, what, what are we talking about here? Now right. it's, yeah, it's telehealth's ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. and, right. and and the medical equipment aspect and having that subject matter expertise in-house yeah. is paramount, but as well as not just being, and this is, not to dive too much into medical equipment, but I think the future of that discipline is very much in alignment with ours, mm -hmm. which is heavy on consulting and and probably less so on planning. You know, planning could you know easily become a commodity, but it's the consulting aspect because of the cost, because of the, and not the day one cost, but the annual cost and the mm -hmm. day two cost mm -hmm. of making sure, are we planning for and buying the right equipment at the right time and how does this impact you know the operational you know costs it's just has tremendous synergy you know and so you could easily yeah. you know think about all right well the future of healthcare technology does that is healthcare technology really different from healthcare you know equipment planning you know it's a big it's a big question mark mm -hmm. you know absolutely well technology is interesting because i've always felt that technology i mean it can solve things but it is definitely an accelerant for whatever direction we're heading throw a little technology into it and it just speeds it up, right? I mean, and that, it goes to just what you were talking about with telehealth. I mean, you know, it was kind of going in that direction through some technology at it because it was needed during the COVID time and it just accelerated, you know, and, and, and I see that all the time. And, and so I'll, I'll coin a phrase that, uh, that Steve Lane says all the time. He says, you know, change will never be as slow as it is today. 
<laughs> right? Sure. And it's fast as lightning as we feel like. It's just coming on and coming on, but it's just accelerating even more. And, and I think technology is a big piece of that. And us being at the forefront of that is, is, is part of the challenge, right? Because we're, just like you said when you first came to the door, we're trying to define what is it that this client needs, what's going to help them. We're still doing the same thing. We're still trying to find those solutions for clients. You know, because it, it, it changes so rapidly. You know, we, yeah. we've, we've asked this. We ask this, this question rhetorically a lot, even in project interviews. You say, well, how, do you, how can I make sure I get the latest and greatest tech on a project if I'm going to be on a five-year or seven-year project? You right. know, right. it's a huge challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, be completely different by the time you get e- to the door. Exactly. You know, you think mm-hmm. about seven years ago, what was what, what type of phone did you have seven years ago, let alone, <laughs> right. Right. you know, how – I mean, if we had – uh, a hospital that was nearing completion, you know, right now, we'll shoot, you know, or maybe a year ago, we'll shoot, that was that was designed several years ago. Well, now it's the impact of needing telehealth in all of our ICUs, you know. There's so many aspects right. of research um, and, and tr- you know, understanding trends and analytics. It's a huge part, I think, of the future of our business. It would not surprise me if we have analysts, you know, as part of the technology practice, you know, trying to, you know, focus on this, as well as providing value, again, to our to our clients of what are you know what are we seeing out in the marketplace but also looking at history and going yeah. boy this wasn't on our radar back then but it sure is now i mean how many yeah. of those can we say oh yeah well i give you i give you a, a hilarious example of that in the, in the sports world is uh, maybe it was 20 years ago 18 20 years ago stadiums were being designed with hardwired connections for your laptop to plug into so you could <laughs> right. go onto the internet there was no wi-fi i mean nobody had any wi-fi you got, you got a patch carried around a patch cord with you <laughs> right you had a patch cord and and so there are stadiums out there that have a hardwire connection at every seat like wow and the day after that opened it was out of date right we didn't do any of those (laughs) right those are the other guys we came in later (laughs) we figured it out then you're not gonna need that but yeah so but 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 that's the kind of stuff that you have to be out in front of so that your client doesn't look at you after five years of working on and go what what were you thinking yeah but when you get down to just um maybe nuts and bolts black and white what what are we doing what are the what are the specific services that you see us providing into what what markets? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, we could start Just with for health. everybody else yeah. out there yeah, that's, yeah. that's thinking, what do these guys do? Right. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, so uh, healthcare is obviously a big part of our business, judging by the you know this conversation. Um, so, so our our team is comprised of you know what we call communications consultants that have. Uh, varying professional registrations. We have multiple RCDDs on our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, a series of um, uh, security consultants on our team that have varying backgrounds in terms of physical security, electronic security, uh, understanding risk assessments and threat analysis. Okay. Yeah. Um, again, these are you know some types of supplementary services that often go into influencing a, a, a design of a project. We have audiovisual consultants that that focus in on a number of different things, and as I think we've uh, come to find out, AV is also has you know multiple sub disciplines you know uh, underneath it in terms of being you know having audio specialists, uh, big video uh, specialists, um, but also I think just everyday you know conference room you know design and interactivity design, and now yeah. is this this. Uh, evolution of telehealth, you know, AV is starting to become more and more an IT system. 
uh, versus less and less this large, you know, proprietary, you know, uh, standalone standalone system, thing yeah. that took up, you know, a series of racks in, a, in, yeah. a, in an AV room. Um, and then we also have nurses. We have two RNs on our team that that provide a great deal of influence uh, to internally to our team members for educating our staff of understanding the human aspect. Um, of our design, understanding why we're placing and planning for certain pieces of technology, why we're planning for certain pieces of infrastructure, mm. you know, here beyond just, you know, ha having it being a, a very, you know, blase and static environment, but really understanding how it impacts um, the clinical workflow as well as that experience, you know, kind of getting back to that. Yeah. Um, so it's again, it's a pretty wide, you know, wide range in terms of our depth. And so, in terms of the projects, obviously, healthcare is a big part of our business. You know, sports and entertainment, which consists of, uh, you know, sports facilities, whether that is, um, you know, regional, uh, collegiate, you know, sports, even some of the uh, professional aspects in terms of training facilities. Uh, on the on the hospitality side of the entertainment of sports and entertainment, that could be. Could be hotels. It could be um, other supplementary facilities that have, you know, varying amenities. Um, could be mixed-use developments that have, um, you know, some some high-end uh, residential. But anything really complex. I think that's really what we, you know, specialize in. You know, and it, anything that is, I think, at our core that requires that level of influence, is something we take a great deal of passion around. Yeah, yeah. Switching gears on you a little bit. Okay. What does Jeffrey do other than work? <laughs> what do you do outside of work? What do you like to do? <laughs> I'm a huge soccer fan. Huge soccer fan. My wife and I are season yeah, ticket yeah. holders to FC Dallas. They're finally pretty good this year. We've yeah. suffered through the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm a huge soccer fan. I, I, watch, I watch too much soccer. And, and you know what? Like, Randomest stuff. I'll watch a little recreational stuff. If it's on TV or if it's on my, you know, yeah. multiple streaming <clears throat> services right. that we all buy, that's mm -hmm. uh, what comprises a big, big part of my of my off time. I re I just I'm very passionate about it. Did I played you play? played for a number okay. of years. Yeah. Um, you know, in California, I, you know, I was I was pretty good. And then by the time I, I got into high school, my mom made me stop. She was tired of traveling all over the place with me. So I was I was one of those kids that yeah. was pretty good. So we were traveling all over the state of California. And mm -hmm. She was like, time out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> travel soccer is like travel baseball. It'll, yes. it'll wear the parents out. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm really, really into that. I have two boys. Um, mm -hmm. No, neither it's funny neither of them are, are are into sports but i have did get my my oldest boy who's who's 10 and my youngest is six he's about to be seven uh -huh. um into um at least becoming a fan of of soccer yeah. which is great so yeah. he he'll attend uh, the fc dallas games with me every now and then even you know as a matter of fact we experienced this the last game it was a good reminder of me as a parent it was like okay note to self don't yell at the referee that much because now my kiddo is starting to yell at the referee yeah. uh yeah <laughs> um what else i mean That's i fun. yeah um i i still i mean I'm, i love video games i love it you yeah. know I, it's yeah. it's just so immersive and some of them are just, you know, obviously they're off, you know, they're fantastic. off the charts now. Yeah. Amazing the graphics in them. Oh. Yeah. But I was one of those, you know, folks when the, the PS5 like first came out. I was like on my phone, okay, okay, like mm -hmm. what's the time? I guess mm -hmm. the countdown. I got to get it. I mean, I was it was hardcore. Yeah. And you know, my kids are really into it too, so that's it's fun. 
Well, Jeffrey, appreciate the energy. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. As always, yeah, thanks, for, thanks for coming in and, and yeah. talking and sharing with us. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for this episode of SSR On Air. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also connect with us on social media. Links to everything can be found in the show's notes. Take care, everyone. See you next time.